0: As we've been going through this series, we have grounded ourselves in one particular passage in Galatians. So we're going to read that as we always do. It's Galatians 5, 22 through 25. And then both, Court, I know you've brought a scripture that brought mm-hmm. to mind faithfulness for you. I've brought one and we're going to see what happens. Um, we never practice these ahead of time. So it's always <laughs> fun to see yeah. what the conversation holds and what questions come out. But here's the Galatians passage. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And Court, you, you picked a scripture. What's yours?
1: I did. I went to good old Matthew this time. Uh, I chose Matthew 15, 21 through 28, and I used the NRSV version. So here we go. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly.
0: Wow. What a story. It's a great story.
1: But you went somewhere else this time.
0: I did go somewhere else. I have been using this series as an opportunity to spend time in other areas of scripture that I don't generally volunteer to enter. And... (laughs) One of the places that I have been absent from for a long time is the Book of Hebrews, but it talks a lot about faithfulness. So uh, the scripture I chose is from Hebrews ten verses thirty one uh, through eleven three. so it's it's pretty short, but it crosses over a chapter. And it's the reason I started it in ten thirty one is I cannot cut this sentence out of the scripture. Text. <laughs> Great. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall those earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion for those who were in prison, and you cheerfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you yourselves possessed something better and more lasting. Do not therefore abandon that confidence of yours it brings great reward for you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God you may receive what was promised for yet in a very little while the one who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one will live by faith my soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back but we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost but among those who have faith and so are saved now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval, and by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Whew. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the Scriptures.
1: Thanks be to God. Wow. Be to
0: God. Yeah, that passage for me. I was just even he saying it right now. I'm like, man, there's stuff in there that I didn't even. Yeah, think. Yeah, right. So, you know, why did you pick <laughs> the scripture you picked? Because it it is a hard one.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. I thought, oh, am I a glutton for punishment? No, I. Um, you sent me the word faithfulness, and for some reason, this woman just immediately was at the forefront of my mind and this story appears twice in the gospels once in mark once in matthew they're a little bit different but they still both have these lines where um, the woman is denied the healing of the daughter in mark it's a syrophoenician woman in matthew it's a canaanite woman they're doing that for very different reasons marking these indigenous cultures um but in matthew It's just this persistence of the woman that I could not shake, right? Like she is coming to Jesus and essentially saying, I have faith that even if you don't recognize it, you are to do this thing for me. And I think it popped up in my brain for a few reasons, one of which is, I love that Jesus is so human in this Mm -hmm. passage, that it's like one of the few passages where he doesn't call out the faith in someone else. Um, And some people might say he's testing her to see if she has real faith or whatever. I, I don't read that, I never have in this passage. I really think he's tired, he's been busy with miracles. She's annoying him. And she, but he never says to her until the end, like, oh, I see your faith. Just show me again. Like she persistently comes at him. Um, and with like the news happening in the world, I just this persistence with the death of John Lewis and by what's going on in Portland and the protests, and just this constant, like, I know I can do this. Like, I know that there is a better world to come. And that that showing up and saying, Hey. I've got it even if you don't see it. And I think that was the main reason it really just immediately came to the forefront, um, was just this incredible tenacity and um, bravery of this woman to be like, no, 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 I'm going to call you Lord. I'm going to call you son of David. I'm going to ask directly for what I need for my daughter. Like she does all the right things to label herself as faithful
0: yeah and she Even uses all the resources at her disposal she's Absolutely. like i'm not going to leave anything on the table here it is Absolutely. whatever it takes
1: mhm mhm and i think matthew names her as Canaanite because it harkens back from this like kinship to Jesus line of family, right? Like Rahab was Canaanite. Um, They wouldn't have used that name. They would have, Ruth was Canaanite. It would have been kind of an indigenous label. Um, Matthew is doing things like really having her say all the right words and appealing to him in this way, uh, calling on cultural differences in some ways. Um, And then just having her be like, no, no, no. Like, I, I know you can do this and I'm going to keep calling you on it.
0: And what an interesting perspective. Like, I always feel like this text slipped past the Bible editors a little bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's some stories in scripture where you're just like, did they not see what was happening here? Um, They didn't make him look very, they didn't shine him up. Right. Right. right, Right. She like in the slipping through that, that editing process, it just reveals this real sense of how conversational faithfulness mm-hmm. is mm. for this woman. Right. Yes. She's like not going to, she's not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. Which is yeah. an interesting definition of faith. She like really holds out hope that mm-hmm. this person, this, you know, this person, who she perceives as the son of God, even maybe in that moment, we don't really know exactly what she thinks, but right. like that this person will complete the task that she believes is right. Mm-hmm. And she, she has enough faith in some ways. I know this is probably like heretical, but she has enough faith for both of them in that moment. Right? No, I, I absolutely think that's the case because
1: he first greets her with silence. Like she first asks, and he goes silent. Like, if I just ignore it, it will go away. Mm -hmm. And she persists past that. And the disciples aren't holding faith onto what is happening in this. Like they say, just send her away. Like she's being so loud and she still persists.
0: Wow. And double wow with what an analogy for how we have been dealing with racism in this country. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then He even says this horrible thing to her, which some people even say could be translated, like give it to the puppies or something as if that makes it better. But um, he's like, yeah, I'll just, I don't feed you. And she's like, even dogs, right? Like, okay. But even if you don't have faith in how this can play out, I do like, I'll take even the crumb, right. That you're willing to throw my direction under the table again, parallel to like how we're talking about racism in the country, how heroes and monumental people like John Lewis continue to keep coming back. You will beat me down. I will come back. Um, You will take whatever you will make it more. Yes. Yes. I will make it into something that is healing and fulfilling and can launch us into a better conversation um, over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah. So that's where I immediately went into this space of like, okay, faithfulness, maybe that equals persistence. Maybe it's just this constant, like, it's not the narrowing down and trying up. It's just this like persistent, like, I do know that there's something better. I do know that God has something fulfilling for us.
0: And that ties back, we we are always finding ourselves in this series, like going, oh, well, maybe that fruit and this other fruit are actually the same thing. Mm. And it reminds me of the patience conversation that we had a couple mm. weeks ago. We sort of landed in the same place. Right. Um, yeah, so the, right. the relationship between faith and patience mm. is really interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And
1: I remember in that conversation, you were talking about how patience then becomes active. Oh, and I wait. think that does definitely feed into this faithfulness conversation.
0: Yeah. Cause so often in our, especially I think in Western Christian culture, faith is sort of a passive, like it's, it's a sort of passive thing that sort of, it's like a cloud that follows you around. I'm a, a person of faith. It's mm. real abstract and generic and it doesn't really get you anywhere. But in your story, it certainly, it's like a, it's like fuel for the fire. And in the text that I picked, it's like the thing that actually makes it possible for you to survive mm. in way, right? That's huge. Uh, yeah, and so this, this relationship to action is really fascinating for me. So do you want
1: to go ahead and funnel into your passage? So yeah, we can let's do it. Spark some
0: more. Yeah, I mean, I, this st- this uh, letter from um, the book of Hebrew, this piece of the letter from the book of Hebrews is really interesting to me because it, it's it's sort of an ab- abstract, like, theological text, right? I mean, this right. is a person right. who's having a com- – it's an important and timely and contextual conversation with the community of faith, but it is also sort of a, a wrestling, a working out of this baby theology that Mm -hmm, is Christianity mm -hmm. at the time. Right. I mean, there's lots Mm -hmm. of like inconsistencies and, and yet it's so like grounded and kind of earthy. And it's really about like living life. How are you going to live and how are you going to be in the face of, persecution, not only of yourself, but the people around you and the suffering, not only of yourself, but the people suffering around you. And this, this sentence that it start, that I started out with or chose to, um, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God struck me so much because when I decided that I would say yes to being a person who had faith in the living God, it mm. felt like it felt fearful it felt mm. like falling into something uh, unknown and kind of terrifying and very unsettling it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands <laughs> of the living god and and so yeah. when i was reading this text and hearing about you know having compassion for people in prison and having the need for this internal confidence constantly in the face of all of the things that life is throwing at you and your people and the people that you know God cares for. Um, I was like, oh, maybe that's what faithfulness is. Maybe that's, that's Mm -hmm. faith is this sense of assurance. And I remembered that, um, you know, we're Methodists, some of us, um, I, I kind of fell in love with John Wesley when I was in seminary a little bit, even though he's like, and maybe even because he's like kind of crotchety and weird and he's sort of like awkward, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's awkward. He had his
1: issues. He had his yeah. issues. Yeah, I mean, he had. Some
0: weird, he was weird. But yeah. he had this like amazing experience in which his, as we always talk about, you know, his heart was warmed at Aldersgate, mm-hmm. and he sort of had this change from theoretical religion to like mm-hmm. this religion of the heart. This embodied. This thing. yeah, like it was mm. physically present for him. Yeah. And he, he always used the language of faith as in that moment and and beyond as a overwhelming sense of being like washed in waves of the assurance of God's love for him mm. that he could do anything on behalf of God's people as well because he had felt that confidence, that assurance. And so but you have to sort of lean into that, right? Like you have to be. I
1: was going (laughs) to say that assurance is interesting because on one hand, you're talking about kind of this dynamic changing God, which, yeah, I think when I realize that the world is ever changing and that is also due to this living God and the dynamism of being a Christian, being part of God's world is scary, but also not opposed, but in addition to this assurance that constantly changes us, Um, it kind of puts a different perspective on this whole idea of we just have faith, right? Like you, you just said you have to lean into that and you kind of have to lean into the fact that faith will be a constant process then, but not necessarily a showing process, right? Like, it's not like I will do this thing and I will make it happen, but it is kind of this constant persistence for that better world, but also the constant process of change.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's it's almost as though faith is this trust and i know that's the basis of the word in mm-hmm. um, in many of the translations is this trust in god yeah. or trust in the divine but it's mm-hmm. also a trust that there's the world as it is but there is also the possibility and the likelihood and the reality of the world as it is supposed to be mm. and that when you have faith or when you are I keep thinking of faith as a verb. It's like when you, when you faith, yeah, right. When you, when you faith, exist, like when, you, when, you faith when you exist yeah. in faith, um, you are living as though that world is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everywhere you encounter where that world is not mm-hmm. now, you're making it yes. so right. Yes. Which takes yes. it, I, that k- takes me back to in the scripture when it says by faith, we understand that the world's, we're prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. That we're right. always, if we're in faith, living in a world where the way God sees it is not necessarily visible to everyone, mm-hmm. but it will be mm-hmm. visible to us or it will become visible right. to us. And we have to live as though we can see it. And that's, you know, I've been thinking a lot and about- And trust that it will be, right? Like You trust that it, trust. it will be. And in some ways you trust that it is. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes, like yes, yes. you have to kind of do this. And, and the woman in your story kind of did this. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I kind of imagine her as being like, listen, Jesus, I'm willing to have this whole conversation with you. Absolutely. It's going to take yes. a minute. However, at the end of it, you're going to do what I'm this asking. This will happen. From. Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways for her, the thing she was working toward was already true for her. Yeah.
1: Right. And he doesn't say, I've done it. He says, it will be as you have said.
0: Which is like a crazy grammatical construction. Right. Which way to Matthew, say it, like, like
1: yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. And Matthew has the narrator say, like, oh, that means that her daughter was healed, by the way. Right. Like Jesus doesn't say, your daughter is
0: healed. No, Matthew he has, has to pop in with a footnote. Yes. So yeah. everybody gets it. Yeah.
1: But it is Jesus kind of affirming, like it, it is how you have said it is like, that is your faith that you saw this kind of thing. It's kind of like the movie, the Santa Claus.
0: (laughs) I love that movie. What are you going to know? You know
1: what scene I'm talking about where, you know, he's, he's at the North pole. We did not talk about discussing the Santa Claus. This did not, it just popped in my mind, but where the elf, you know, he's like, how can this be? And she says that children don't need to see it to believe it.
0: Yeah. Yep, right. they already believe it. They see, they don't need to see it. Basically, every Christmas movie is the good news. <laughs> we don't need to talk more. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's so if good that you would it's, appreciate that. <laughs> it's so you know I love Christmas. Um, it's so interesting to me this that really then faith when in both our stories, if properly understood, has nothing to do with. Time, it has mm. nothing to do with like. Um, I I uh, how do I want to say this? It all it almost means that you have faith and you are faithful, whether or not you like are working on it. But you, all- it's like there's this spiral to it. It's crazy. Mm. It's like what? Well, I guess what John Wesley would say is like faith is a gift that it's a grace. It's a gift that God has given, mm-hmm. and um, you actually like. Just can rest that in the in the trust that is there. Yeah. You, you don't have, have to it. do
1: anything for
0: it. It's you don't have to do there for it, which mm-hmm. is completely different. I don't know about you, but it's completely different than I understood faith when I was becoming a Christian in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I thought I had to like get more and more faith, hmm. right? Like I had to get better and better at being faithful, and yeah. which I think in some ways is true. Like we need to do the cool. practice. There's a practice. Yeah. But definitely. it doesn't mean that you like at some point arrive at being faithful. Right. Right. Does that make sense? I
1: think, yeah. And I, I don't like, I hadn't thought about how did, how did I think of faith in my twenties? I almost think like, I felt like I had to hold on to it. Ah. Now that I'm thinking about this processing out loud, like almost like if you already had it, you better not let it go. Mm.
0: Like you could lose it for sure.
1: Like you could, you could lose faith, right? You could totally lose your faith and you want to hang on to it by yeah. whatever costs. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily thought of it as an active process necessarily. It was like you have it or you don't. And, and then what do you do with it? Yeah. Was always a little hazy.
0: <laughs> and this, this is, I think, where we really should visit texts like the ones, the, the Matthew text that you introduced, and and I think for sure also the Hebrew text, Hebrews text, because it, it's clear that these are people who are actively wrestling with mm-hmm. what does it mean to live in this world, to believe and to, and to live into, because I don't think belief is just a head thing. Um, to, to like really live into being a person who is certainly in full relationship with the divine Hmm. and also then to know what to do with that, like to absolutely go to the next place and to grow in it and to be more and more present to it. Mm -hmm. Both of those texts are wrestling with that. And I Mm -hmm. think it's something that we're all wrestling with, right? Like I've had this question on my mind for weeks as we've been, you know, watching and participating in um, protests around Breonna Taylor and, george floyd and all of the black and brown people who've been killed by absolutely um but also this new pressure from the federal government in our city i mean here in portland it just feels very intense and heavy and i've had these questions in my mind about what is being faithful in this how Hmm. and i've had conversations with people in our church how do we engage in intentional reparations for our black and brown friends and neighbors and siblings? How do we uh, think really carefully about putting our bodies in spaces where we can protect one another from violence? You know, and these kinds of questions, I think, are the kinds of questions that in our context are about faith. Mm-hmm. They're about mm-hmm. faithfulness. And what is it important for that, that. that fruit of the spirit to show up in our lives, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's different for everybody.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's been interesting. Well, first of all, to watch what's happening uh, in your spaces from over here. And also thinking about like, how would I show up as a person of faith in those spaces? Um, How can I support people of faith? How can I support people in general, human beings in that space? Um, But also, I think about moving over here. um, Germany, it's, it's like third generation of. More than none zone, you know, how we say Oregon is the N O N E zone. Um, People aren't going to church, and generations of people aren't going to church. So, the historical version of church isn't even part of nostalgic reasons why you would go to church. Um, So, I went from like spaces of knowing exactly what faith looked like or where I could access spaces of faith to how am I faithful in this world where it's not my usual resources, it's not my go to places. Um, And that's been really interesting to think about, okay, then how do I continue to be a person of faith where it's really foreign?
0: What does faithfulness look like when you have none of the things to rely on that you could use as crutches even where you've been? Yeah. Or filling that space or like knowing how to practice in that space. To take your faithfulness completely out of the realm of habit. Mm-hmm. and to put it entirely into the realm of intention
1: mm-hmm. is
0: a huge, I mean, it, it feels to me like what you're saying is it's a big test, but it's also got a lot of uh, evolutionary value for you. Like it gives you a lot of choice right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And in some,
1: in some ways, there's a lot of like uh, lament about that. Like There was a period of time where I was just like searching for a labyrinth because I knew that was a place where I could get in tune. Um, And at the same time, it's, it expands my view of what it means to be a practicing person of faith. Um, And it's not just rote, right? It's not just, I have it. This is what I do with it. It's like, okay, what does that mean in my everyday context?
0: Yeah. And the everyday context piece I think is the real key because we're each in an everyday context, right? Mm-hmm. Like not one of yes. us is exempted from having an everyday context where we're asked I think on a moment to moment basis, how are you being faithful? And right. and so for each one of us it might look different. Um for some right. of us the most faithful thing we can do right now and the most sacrificial is to stay at home and not see anyone including yes. the, our loved ones, right? Yes. That is Unimaginable to some of us who have to do it, Um, and it's so much about faith. It's about caring for the common good. It's about contributing um, to this larger ecosystem that we're in in a healthy way. And for other people, it's walking into the street and you know throwing back um, tear gas canisters Mm. so that people aren't injured, right? And it's just like this. And for some of us, it's sitting down and reading and learning. And for some of us, it's showing up and feeding strangers in the park. Um, You know, it's like every single person has this question that they need to ask themselves that we each need. We need to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, when we fall into the hands of the living God or when we meet Jesus on the road, the question is so personal. It's like, what are you doing in order to do this? What are you, how are you being faithful right now? So. Any other things you want to talk about before we talk about questions? Let's move on to questions. Let's ask some sure. questions. So, Court, as we've been talking, um, you may have some questions to add, and, but we did build some questions before we spoke. So we'll post these on the Facebook page, as we said. You can talk about these on mm-hmm. Sunday morning together. The questions that came to mind for us were, what is the opposite of faith in you? And I don't mean like, what is the opposite of faith, like definition wise, but like in you, when you know you're not being faithful, Mm -hmm. what does that Mm -hmm. look like? How does it show up? Um, The second question is, what causes you to lose faith? Courtney talked about that a little bit toward the end. What, What does it mean to lose hold of faith in your life and what causes that in you? And then finally, what builds your faith? What helps you to grow in that? Uh, gift of the spirit so those are the three questions we will make sure that you have access to them in other ways Courtney it's been so much fun to see you it's
1: been great to see you I love that I will say an upside of the whole pandemic thing is that we can do things like this where we can connect across time zones and utilize our resources differently so great to connect
0: well I'm going to pray for us Excellent. We can connect across space and time uh, that way. <laughs> As one of my seminary professors always said, if someone was late to prayer and missed it, oh, it's fine. It'll take.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Let's pray, and then I'll sing the benediction. Wonderful. Gracious and holy God, you are our assurance. You are our challenge. We give thanks for all of the moments in which you arrive in front of us and allow us to wrestle with you and to wrestle with what it means to be faithful people in this world in which you have placed us and which you have given to us to care for. We ask that you bless each and every person with a sense of confidence in you and trust this week so that they can move into the world knowing that they are loved and also able to assure others that they are loved by you. And we give you thanks and praise for all of the opportunities you present to us. And we beg simply that you will give us the strength to respond. And we say all of this in your name and the name of Jesus and the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's sing, friends. I know some of you like to sing along at home, so feel free to do that. Uh, But this is the benediction to send you out on your way uh, to stay home, as we say, and serve the Lord in all the ways that you can. So let's sing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you give you give you peace love you all be well stay safe and do all the things you can and all the ways you can for all the people you can as John Wesley would say much love to you all bye bye